Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here's your host, Jake Bakoven. Welcome into the Ticket Water Cooler here on 93.7 The Ticket, brought to you by Colgan Water. Of course, uh, we're leading up to On the Block with Eric Strickland, who uh, is a Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet. And I know he's excited to talk about some of the topics today. Uh, but for now, we have Jake Sorensen of Early Break jumping into the Ticket Water Cooler. The idea with this show is always to grab people uh, from around the office. But I am also excited to announce that we'll have a, 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 a I don't know, permanent's probably not the right word around here, right? But uh, a new co-host yes. uh, next week and our next week next monday so um that will be exciting as we move forward i'm jake bachman again he is jake Sorensen. i wanted to remind you of uh, an important uh, an, an event we have coming up uh here the important to the water cooler because coligan is partnering with us uh 93.7 the ticket is proud to partner with coligan of lincoln at the nebraska builders home and garden show it'll be february 11th through february 13th that's next weekend at the lancaster event center we'll be set up at the coligan booth and doing our shows on friday from three to six on location including this show of course and the home and garden show show hours by the way friday 1 p.m to 9 p.m saturday 10 a.m to 8 p.m sunday 10 a.m to 3 p.m admission is just eight bucks for adults seven dollars with a non-perishable non-expired food item for the food bank of lincoln free admission for children 12 and under so definitely a very cool event and uh and you'll want to make it out there uh Sorensen, how you how you feeling today you feel uh you feel any any sort of way about samari toure uh, uh showing off last night the east west shrine game i don't I, I don't know if it was uh Loaded with talent, but he stood out more than anybody. Well, yeah, there's a couple things there, Bach. You saw Toure, of course, yeah, spin, have the spin move into the end zone, which yeah. is good. And the long, yeah, long pass to a long catch for him. But I, I think also what was cool the day before that was Cam Taylor Britt getting his tooth knocked That's out. That's right. And still fighting through. I mean, and, you know, he's tough, man. We, we try to raise him tough here. Even though they went 3-9 and nine this past year, there, there was talent, as we all saw. And I saw some model out there that said that Nebraska – they they went through like thousands of models of, of Nebraska's season, the results and how it went. There's like there's like two of them that, that came up with a three and nine outcome. So Nebraska had like one of the most craziest years ever to, to go three and nine in, in the history of college football. Yeah. We it's we gonna, through it's, it. it's gonna be so <laughs> wild to see how many of these guys get drafted from a three and nine team. I mean Cam Jurgens will get drafted. Cam Taylor Britt will get drafted. Toure, maybe. I don't know if he will. Maybe we'll yeah. see about that. Austin Allen, certainly. Austin Allen will get drafted. So that's at least three, if not four. I mean, there's probably more that we're forgetting out there. But that maybe, I don't know if Damian Daniels gets drafted. Yeah. Ben Stilley, probably not. But they'll, they'll be they'll be undrafted Jojo free agents. Certainly, Jojo yeah. will get drafted. So you're going to have probably four to five guys that for sure get drafted, maybe a sixth or seventh, for a team that went three and nine. Well, and it's not just that. That's the part of the, the what worries me. And I know they've got, you know, we've 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 done the Kool Aid thing. We're already flipped over and looking forward to the next season and thinking things will turn out well. And I and I'm not just saying that. I mean, I, I think they've done a good job of putting something together that sells me, who is uh, let's call it a, a you know a speculating whether this is going to work or not, um, to be bought in and, and want to see how the season turns out. Um, but I do just kind of look at that draft class and you look at the amount of talent that they lost, whether those guys get drafted or not, we, we know Damian Daniels was a huge piece to the puzzle. Um, so 
Uh, you know, but but overall, as far as the draft class goes, there's been maybe one or two of them since <laughs> since you know, like like the last twelve years that have had four or five guys drafted. It 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 just doesn't happen very often at Nebraska anymore. And we know that they've been through this stretch, kind of got out of the funk uh, a couple of years ago, been able to get a guy or two drafted. But that's kind of what it's been um, for these teams over the last several years. I I think they missed their mark, and I think that they thought that too. I think that they would know that in the building that part of the reason why last year was so disappointing was because they were good, and they did have that type of talent in there, Um, and I I think it's just a missed opportunity. And, of course, I I know all that kind of played into um, the decisions that were made, and so this isn't breaking news or anything, but it's just it's I I think it makes it a little bit more frustrating uh, when you look back on that season when we see these guys getting their names called in the draft. Of course, we'll, we'll cheer for them and we'll you know obviously want them to do well at the next level but I, I think last year's team might have had more talent than this coming upcoming team just based on the fact that Nebraska hasn't had that many draft picks recently. yeah I know we'll, we'll see what comes up from this this upcoming season and, and who gets drafted and who's draftable after 2022 but yeah that's we all know it was disappointing to, to see how close that they were to to being a, a pretty decent team that you know, they pushed everybody they there was no flukes, you know. There were some fluke losses, a lot of them, but they, <laughs> they they were in every game with everybody. So I don't know. It's hard. It's too hard to look at this upcoming season and say they're not going to be as talented as they were last year. But uh, well, it, this could be a whole Casey Thompson factor and a Mark Whipple factor. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's 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 factors like like Scott Frost was saying the other day. He's, he's like, you know, there's some good things about having staff continuity with all those guys, but the, the previous guys. But there's also now fresh ideas. And maybe that can help unlock creativity and unlock some guys to be better in their potential. And that we might, you might see some more guys, hopefully have four or five more guys drafted next year from this team coming up. Yeah, and it, it wouldn't be the first time that a team uh, less talented outperforms, uh, you know, a more talented team. This last year, Georgia, I mean, if you listen to uh, some of their guys on their defense, they thought that they had a more talented defense in 2020 and then obviously this last year they had one of the best defenses of all time maybe that took a big hit um there in the sec championship game but rebounded um in the in the in the overall championship game and um so you know it it doesn't always have to go directly you know correlate to just talent like you said quarterback can make a big difference Mm -hmm. um i haven't been able to talk to you too indefinitely um i guess just kind of around the office maybe we just haven't got to it Are, are you pretty bought in on all the changes they've made do you feel excitable for the the upcoming season certainly the spring at least to see the position battles but uh, how about the, the season are you or can you can you put yourself in the position of, of believing in them again and what uh, does that mean as far as a record well I, I there's several reasons again I, I have been a pessimist for a while because the pessimism is one they have not been very good pessimism yeah. might not be attractive to somebody to want to pursue you or, or care about you but guess what it can also be right and I've been right um, not trying to toot my horn about that. I, I'd rather I'd rather be wrong <laughs> yeah. about my pessimism, but I I think there's quite a few things. I, I'm I love Mickey Joseph. I think that's a great addition. Oh, yeah. I think so far he's obviously brought huge value to this roster. You got Trey Palmer, who's going to be an effective receiver and obviously your returner, your kick and putt returner, which hopefully will give you something which we have not seen since Demonte Pearson L with that spot. Oh, yeah. Um, Bill Bush, of course, you know, how could you dislike that? He already brought in two pretty, pretty dang good players at punter and Brian Buschini and, and Timmy Bleakroad. I think I'm excited about both those guys coming from the FCS level. It's not different kicking the ball at FCS versus right. FBS. So it's just how can you find guys that were under the radar? And I think that he targeted those guys early and, and got them. So I like that. 
Mark Whipple, I mean, we you saw last year, Kenny Pickett was a Heisman candidate, and Jordan Addison was a great receiver as he was the offensive coordinator. Um, you're not sure how that will click right away, but as Scott Frost said, you know, these guys have fresh ideas. They have ways to incorporate things that maybe could possibly work here. Um, obviously, like like most people, I'm a little bit concerned about Donovan Raiola at, at mm-hmm. offensive line. Um, he hasn't brought anybody in yet. Brought a preferred walk-on in yesterday, I saw, or the today, which is not, you know, kudos. I hope he's good, but <laughs> like to have some more talent there. And it's going to be his job to develop the guys you have, knowing you don't have Prohaska or Corcoran for the spring. And, of course, Cam Jurgen is Cam Jurgen has gone to the NFL, so a lot of work to do there. Um, Casey Thompson, I'm excited for. He obviously wasn't – he was good at Texas, not great. Um and I'm I'm really curious what they brought in on signing day with with AJ Allen at running back and, and uh, Anthony Grant too. So overall, yeah, I'm, I'm I would say that I'm not pessimistic. I have slight optimism, but I will not chug any Kool Aid. And and also helping out Nebraska is the fact that the schedule is easier this year, and Oklahoma looks very beatable. Yeah, I think that I, I think those are all you know good factors and in, in to weigh into there. But it's all it's it always you know just kind of come back to to for a few you know what does it mean is the question that I kind of come back to, and then you apply that to certain areas like your your optimism. You won't chug Kool Aid, and that's fair enough. No, but. I have had spoiled Kool Aid. It has made my stomach <laughs> ill from all the sugar and crap that I consumed. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. And and I've I've kind of changed my tune as well. I used to be. Um, a guy that would point out reasons why they wouldn't get the nine wins, right? I mean, I, I didn't really buy into it either, like you. Um, and certainly, I, I don't think either of us would would disagree that we thought it was a great hire. And at the beginning, we you, you know bought in beyond um, the reasons that we've been pessimistic the last couple of years. I've kind of changed my tune, and I do drink a little bit of Kool Aid these days, just because what's the point in kicking a horse while he's down? <laughs> you know, I mean, if we, if we just come on the radio every day, especially you know this is a long off season, and uh, tell you why it's not going to work from a three and nine team um you know you don't have to do so much research to know okay yeah well that, that probably won't work because it's a three and nine team i mean that's a that's a pretty bad record so um i've got to switch my tune but again to, to what does it mean like what does this all all this mean does this mean that you expect nebraska i mean the positive notes do you expect nebraska to compete for a bowl are you thinking me i mean how much how oh, much yeah. can you buy yeah. into oh, you're th- not thinking seven eight wins or what do you can you can you get yourself well, there you think? I, well this is why I, I know that I've been the one that makes fun of people that, that does that, but re- there's reasons why I have a belief that Nebraska could have a good year. I mean, you've seen recently Northwestern went 3-9 and nine one year and then went to the Big Ten Championship the next year. Now, Fat, uh, Pat Fitzgerald is a wizard. Fat Pat, Fat, <laughs> Fat, Pat Fitzgerald. Fat Fitzgerald, as I almost said. <laughs> Pat Fitzgerald is a wizard and gets a lot out of a little at Northwestern. Um, so it's hard to expect that since it hasn't happened with Scott Frost. He has not made a bowl game yet, as we all know, at Nebraska. But the, the schedule is just really, it, for the first time in a while, it's not overly daunting. Northwestern in Ireland, you just beat that team 56-7. to Now, again, it's a, it's a um, you know, neutral site game, and they have beaten you before many times. So there's no guarantees there. But then North Dakota, Georgia Southern, Watch out for Georgia Southern. That'll be a tough game. I, I, I bet that'll be a tighter game than you want it to be. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm dead serious on that one. <laughs> yeah. But if you get to 3-0 and or 2-1 and if you lose Northwestern, Oklahoma, like I said, you almost beat them on the road last year when they were supposed to be really good. They'll be ranked, but Dylan Gabriel will be their new quarterback. He, he, I don't know. Does he click there? Does Brent Venables just get it going right away? That's a winnable game. I'm telling you right now, September 17th, Nebraska 
is going to have every. They're going to have every belief that they should win that game. Casey Thompson's got a little bit extra yeah, for he's that. Played one. them before. Yeah. Indiana on homecoming. Indiana sucked last year. Yep. So that's winnable. Rutgers on the road again, better program than they have been. Not not scary. Purdue on the road, good this year, but I don't believe they're going to be a ten win team. Beatable. Illinois at home, revenge. Minnesota at home, revenge. Michigan on the road, we'll see what they look like. I mean, the schedule up until November like, is is pretty gettable. Oh yeah, like they if they don't just if they don't shoot themselves in the foot again and just lose all these stupid games. Yeah, they didn't get their gettables last year. No, they didn't the get the gettables. You, I mean, you can't lose to, to Illinois again. You just can't lose that game. You've lost two straight years. To Illinois, and it could have been three if you didn't have a miracle comeback in Champaign in 2019. <laughs> Think about that. They could have three straight losses to Illinois. Yeah, and I thought that was pretty telling that the, the Illinois victory over Nebraska didn't save Lovey. Nebraska doesn't hold that sort right. of power yeah. anymore. He, up, he still got fired. Yeah, it didn't do anything for him. Um, some uh, some uh, response from you guys off the text line, uh, 402-464-5685, Sarder Heyman text line. Uh, Matt G says, I used to drink Kool-Aid with sugar. It looks and tastes good. Now my Kool-Aid has no sugar. <laughs> it looks good, but I don't taste it. Um, maybe that's a, maybe he's actually talking about Kool Aid. Also, off YouTube, we got a comment. Uh, has the NIDL, and this kind of runs into what I think Sipple's mood is about it. So I'm interested to ask you about it. Um, off, off YouTube again, has the NIL deals ruined the sport? I mean, what is next? The cheerleaders getting NIL deals, um, enforcing the TV broadcast to give them the airtime due to their contract. I, I, I'm interested because Sip, yeah. <laughs> Sip has said, um, and I've seen it on Twitter a few times, that he's more interested in NFL um, because of its structure. To me, I don't, you know, I like, I don't like change. <laughs> I like college football to be how it was back in my day, right? Everybody kind of can agree there um, for the most part. But I, I don't, it hasn't ruined it or, or anything. I think in part the, the Wild West aspect for me is more enticing, more exciting because under the previous rules, it, it just hasn't really changed yet, you know, over the last 10, 15 years. Alabama's at the top, other SEC teams uh, competing with them, occasionally getting Ohio State or Oregon to uh, be in there. Other than, I mean, but it's just, it's not, I think that this has a chance to maybe change the landscape a little bit, and I don't think it ever necessarily will change too much because beyond that, it's the same, it's just like every decade's the same thing. There's four or five teams that are competing Every you know, once in a while, there's a special team, a, a Cam Newton or somebody that can can rise you up and, and and make you compete with those other teams that are competing in that decade. But for the most part, that's college football history. That hasn't changed, regardless. But to me, I just I, I guess I'm not turned off by um, the, the these players getting what's deserved of them, um, and I don't know. I, it just doesn't it doesn't do anything to affect, especially once the games start to get played. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I, I I think that college football is becoming more unattractive by the day. I I agree with Sip on that. It's just it it has become a semi-professional league you know, with all this money involved with the players. And I, under, I I'm not well, what's wrong with it. I'm not arguing if it's right for the players or right. fair. Yeah, we've talked about this for a long time. But the fact it's now happened, it it has eliminated amateurism in sports. What does that do? Does it do something that you're, they're not playing for the love of the game? Is that some of it that is, yeah. battles I, I, that well, hurts think, you a little bit? I do think that. I I think some of that. You know, I, I'm not trying to point anybody out because I don't. I, I can't say anybody for sure that is playing strictly for money. But I think that you know, or you have less assurity, uh, assurance now that that people are playing for love of the game versus money. Like Casey Thompson, you know, maybe why why is he trying to go pro? Yeah, well, I mean, he's twenty three years old. 
Yeah, I mean, but there's the like, he, like I mean, obvious, obvious reasons. Does he love the, the game, the or does he just wants the money? No, I hope he loves the game. I hope it's both. But what difference does it make if they love the game so much, or if they're, like are, it's the are same they, are product? They gonna, are, because are they gonna <laughs> are they gonna have the same care as they would be if they weren't getting paid? Just were getting they just love the game. Well, for a lot of them, that's t- what I'm so, trying to say, Bob. Yeah, I just I I don't I I I don't. I guess for me, it just hasn't done anything. For me, it's the same, you know, the same logos, the same um, care factor from the fan bases, uh, you know, the same, you know, what it boils down. Obviously, we all have different opinions. I, I would rather not see uh, playoff expansion. Other people do. You know, no, I what, don't want playoff expansion. You, that's for money as well. That's not, that's, there's not really a whole lot more reasons just behind money. I don't think the playoff expansion changes the end result. It just. Yeah, you I get, don't you've think got so right now, and, and people say, "Well, if you expand the playoffs, well, you, more more teams have a better chance to get good players because they more teams will have a chance at in the playoffs versus just four yeah. teams." I so I understand that reasoning of it. I don't think it changes the fact that Alabama and, and Georgia just keep dominating, or, or maybe Clemson or yeah, or somebody else. Usually, the top four or five teams pretty well separate yeah. themselves from eight and nine. You know that by the end of the season. Yeah. For, yeah, like Iowa slipping in there at like right. nine and ten yeah. at the end of the year. You know they're not. No, they're not going to make it. Alabama they're get pounded, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, for Pete and Sewer, this 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 kind of helps illustrate what I was trying to say about where college football is at. He says we all like the illusion that college players are playing for love of their university and not just because that university gave them the most money. Yeah, that's, I mean I that's suppose. what that's what you know that's kind of the how sacred college football was. So is it the transfer portal more so than it's, NIL? It's, 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 honestly, it's all of that combined that it, it make it to me not thoroughly unattractive, but but going that direction. Huh. I just, I, I, it's, it's fascinating to me because I, I, I think that it's making it, at least in the offseason, a lot more interesting. We'll see with the transfer portal. I mean, and we're going to have storylines, obviously, this year with Casey Thompson, a pretty easy one in that Oklahoma game. Um, yeah, but but you know, but you know what has been lost in all this, Bach, and, and what you think is entertaining and wonderful is is, and I know that this you can counterpoint with this with coaches too, but the concept of of loyalty mm-hmm. is gone, and I understand that coaches are the ones that get backlash because they leave for other jobs. I mean, I, I get that, but you back before this all happened, you you would look at a kid and say, all right, I, I can't wait to see what that kid looks like in four years from now when he gets right. from when he gets signs to his class to. Four years from now as a senior, how many how many kids actually end up with their initial school? Now I'm, I'm curious to know in four years from now how many players from this actual class that were freshmen are here still yeah. or have trans or, or entered the transfer portal. I do agree with that, and I think that there's like a certain level of um, love, and I, I know it's it's like it, this is a different comparison, but I compare it to like when free agency really hit, um, and I wasn't alive for this time, so maybe this isn't. Uh, um, the best comparison, but like free agency when it hit all the professional sports, right? You used to be, you know, you like to listen to to some of the older guys say, "I could name the Kansas City Royals right. starting exactly. lineup uh, one through nine for five years, you know, six years. It didn't change maybe here or there." Um, and so you did have that concept. I, I do think that that is one thing um, that is lost a little in it. Um, but I, I think I think there's uh, there's pros and cons, obviously, and I. And I 
I'm, I'm just think it's, it's going to be a lot more fun. And I think part of it is getting in the doldrums of being a Nebraska fan, too. I mean, it, you've been beaten over doldrums. the head the last... Yes, doldrums. Yeah. You've been beaten over the head the last five years, and, and if not more, um, with uh, with this this feeling of optimism and then um, having it not play out on the field. So um, I think it's, it, it's, it's quite interesting, quite interesting discussion overall. Um, but uh, we are up against it, so we got to take a break. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about it here uh, next when we come back. But also, we'll definitely talk about our top 10 Nebraska wide receivers since the year 2000. Um, Samari Turi, does he does he make the list? I mean, that's kind of what I'm Where's interested Franz in. Where's Franz Hardy at in the list? Franz Hardy's definitely on the list. What are we talking about? Some other guys. Kerensky, Gillian, uh, Isaiah Fluell, and they're yes. all on there. Um, <laughs> bring them all down. My list might be far different than all of yours. I don't care. So we'll go through that because I think it is fascinating. There's, uh, there's nobody that, like, dominates and stands out as number one. Um, and it's pretty, like, there's equal depth, you could argue, for a lot of these guys. So we'll go through our top ten. You guys give us an idea of what you guys think as well on the Starter Hammond text line, 402-464-5685. That's coming up next on the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Coligan. <laughs> 